From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 558. Today's show is brought to you very kindly by our friends over at Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. How are you, Brad Dowdy? <laughs> I'm good, Mike. Thanks for asking. Oh, anytime, my friend. I know you love it. You know, <laughs> I know that, that asking how you are is your love language, so I'm just uh, <laughs> obliged. I mean... It's it's strange that like, how you put me into a panic attack for not asking me like a couple weeks ago, and now it's officially a thing that you're gonna do. So, I'm <laughs> very aware that. of it now. I'm like, oh, what's that thing I gotta say to him? <laughs> I was stunned, stunned. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm actually doing extremely well. I'm on vacation, Mike. This is a vacation edition of the Panatic Podcast. Oh, yeah. So, um, as, as I'm want to do is uh, we don't like to miss episodes, and when I have an easy trip where I'm driving and just staying with family, I can uh, pick out an hour to record this show with you. And and like this is a great one today because we have a lot to talk about. We sure do. And I will speak on behalf of the Pen Addict audience and thank you for your sacrifice of vacation oh, time being here with us today. You're, like, nah. you're allowed time off. I am, I am, but like also I don't want to be with my family twenty four seven. So like it's a good, it's a <laughs> we're doing you a favor. <laughs> yeah, like it's a fair trade here. I'm pretty and it, sure. It's at this point that we realize Brad's family do not listen to the show. Like this yes, is how we know exactly. It, you know exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's good. It's good. The pen addict for me does actually feel like a safe space where I can say like anything about anyone I know, and they'll never know. Right, isn't no that one the listens truth? to the show. No one listens in my, in to the, the rest show. of my life. <laughs> I can I mean, just say anything. <laughs> yeah, no one listens to the show. Period. So, like, I mean, it's a podcast about pens. Who would that's listen to that? True. You know that. <laughs> it's very not true. It's very not true. Um, so you ready to get into it this week? I have no, uh, I a few a few things um, that I want to uh, want to get into, uh, and then we'll do a little uh, Atlanta Pen Show recap. How's that? Love it. All right, we're going to, um, at some point, we're going to wrap up this Lamy bracket final, but we're down to the final the final matchup, Mike, and I figured it's still worth, you know, kind of covering this till we get to, to the end point, because now it's interesting, right? We got to where we thought we'd be. We have the Lamy 2000 versus the Lamy Safari, like as it should be. So I want to know first, who do you have? Who are you voting for? Okay, so that that's an wait. That's an interesting question, right? Like, who mm-hmm. do you have? Because I think I mentioned this in in past episodes. I would vote two thousand, but I think mm-hmm. Safari's going to win. Do you? I, yeah. I would vote two thousand. Also, I'm not sure Safari will win. Um, but if you think about it this way, this is something I was thinking about. This is that weird thing I think about. If Lamy could only have one product lineup, which would they choose? Right from a financial perspective, right? Do you like say like you have to sell seven Savaris to make as much money as a Lamy two thousand or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're Lamy, what would you pick, right, as your core pen? If you could only pick one between the two thousand and Safari, oh, and if you look obvious. at it, if you look at it from a financial perspective, like what would you choose? Do you want one person to buy a two thousand, or do you want seven people to buy a Safari? I think it's. I think it's clear. I think Safari is the business because I think so. How many two thousand models do they make? You know what I mean? There's yeah. like, oh, you got like two colors, and every like five years, you might get one color for a week that's different, right? You right. know, like I feel like they would be going way harder with it if the two thousand would look like it would edge out. You know what I mean? Like if the two thousand right. looked like, oh, if we just put a little bit more effort into this pen. 
we would sell way more of them. Like, I, I don't think that, I think it's pretty clear that that's not an approach that Lamy have. Mm-hmm. And like, if you think of like how well stocked the Safari is, like I see Safaris everywhere. Like right. if a store has a stationary section, they have Lamy Safaris in them. Right. So like, I just feel like just on pure scale, like there's just no way the 2000 would compete. And that's why I think the Safari will win, right? Because mm. anyone that's going to put that vote in probably has one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case for the 2000. The 2000 is also an aspirational pin. Mm-hmm. So some people might look at it that way if they were casting their vote. Um, I, I'm still voting for the 2000, right? I, I don't, I'm not convinced that the Safari is going to win, but it, it could. Like, I'm, I'm curious for all the reasons we just discussed, right? And I think you're right. Um, that Lamy would choose the Safari because you you have to have a gateway into your product line, right? Like this is a universally loved pen that you know you know um, gets in way more people's hands than the 2000 does. So yeah, um, it's interesting. I'll I'll see they they haven't really done a good job at like releasing the numbers or the votes or anything. It's all like in these Instagram polls and they're in different places and like they just end up saying, hey, this is the winner, and it's like, eh, is it really though? Like I don't see the numbers there, so. Yeah. Um, I've created a Google form just for listeners of the show to vote on, and I'll post it on my socials later this week. Um, just a poll. I'm, I'm curious what the podcast listeners said. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's literally you just pick Lamy 2000 or Lamy Safari. You know, pick one of the two, and uh, we'll, we'll do our results next week. So you think the Safari is going to win Lamy's Instagram thing, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna stick with the 2000, even though we both picked the 2000. Uh, you think the Safari is actually gonna win? I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna stick with my 2000 on there. So we'll see. I uh, it's been I, a th- it's by been the a way, thing. I also think the Safari will win our vote, vote too. Hmm, I probably. think the Safari is just like the winner because as well. I agree. I agree. The thing that we say all the time, like there are a bunch of Lamy 2000 owners that do not like their pen because it doesn't work properly. Right, the two thousand is a tricky beast. Yes, right, <laughs> tricky and beast. So, like you could own a Lamy two thousand and be like, I don't. This pen sucks. Why are they so excited about this <laughs> pen all the time? <laughs> but like, the, it's basically the nib, right? There are issues with the nib mm. because of the way that it's built. Um, yeah, that it's got that kind of hood that goes all the way down, and sometimes mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. can get misaligned in there or whatever, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. perform. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, uh, but I love that pen. I think it is a masterpiece pen. It's nothing like it, but right. it can be problematic. And also, some people just don't like that material, that Macrolon material. It is very unique. Yeah, it's very slick. It's very lightweight. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's got a texture to it, too, which is mm-hmm. it is a weird texture. It reminds me of, like, um, not... Mm, not carbon fiber, fiberglass. Fiberglass. It's literally fiberglass. Yeah. is what it is. Yeah, that's what. Yes, but it's called. What do they call it? Macrolon. Macrolon. It's a yeah, form of fiberglass. A trade so name. Okay. Yeah. So it's odd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't breathe I mean, in the Lamy Two Thousand. The the Safari has its own oddness too. I mean, some people don't like the grip, right? And yep. Some people think the clip is atrocious. Right? Clip's I think great. It's classic, but I don't yeah, want to talk clip's about. Clip's great. I understand if somebody <laughs> I like the grip, but I could see how somebody wouldn't like the grip, right? Because it is uh, absolutely forcing you. But the clip is like there. I, I 
I would go out on a limb and say it's the best clip on a pen. Like, I would have to really think about that before I commit to it. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at all the other stuff on my desk, and none of these clips look as good as the Safari's clip. Yeah. I, I, you're not going to get much pushback from me. Yeah. I, would go, I wouldn't go that far. I think it's the best clip on a ballpoint pen, right? Their ballpoint Safari uses the same well, clip, and I really that really better? suits it. But I think there's some... I mean, I, I do like some of the traditional fountain pen clips. Like, I like the basic pilot or namiki kind of tapered clip with the ball on the end like it's just a classic type of clip um mm-hmm. i i get it though it's not as recognizable as the safari clip so safari is fun yeah it's fun all right mike i i've already ruined this because i'm sure you've seen the show notes but if i told you that sailor's coming out with a pen called moonlight over the ocean yep what color would you think that pen would be I would say maybe we've got some blue in there. Maybe we've mm-hmm. got some like some, maybe some pink, some like mm-hmm. dark tones. You know. Yeah. Maybe some purple. Maybe yeah, some shine. Purple. I could see purple. Um. What if we went with like dirt red and yellow? Perfect. Yeah. No. That's perfect. It. Brown and yellow. That's brown and yellow. Moonlight over the ocean. I don't understand, man. Like they put it next to an image, like Canaleo style, right? Yes. Like on yeah. the, in this post of like this inspiration. Is our inspiration. Image. These colors aren't in it. Like they're just not in the image. So, like I don't. I don't understand. Like yeah, there's also case very well pointed out. It's like, that's the sun in the image. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I have had so much fun with Sailor like the past <laughs> month. Like legitimate fun because they're doing fun stuff, right? And I've given them props for doing like all the things, right? And I just love what they're doing. And even though it's like every few days there's a new pen, like this one, this one turns me back into, <laughs> turns me back to the dark side here, Mike. Yeah. Like I don't know what they're doing. I called this one the sailor baby food in our show document because it just that brown and the yellow just reminds me of like some kind of baby food put together. What it yeah. kind of looks like. Um, do you remember the lion friends where they did last year with the with the chicken or was it a duck? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and the bear. It looks like the parts. It looks like leftover parts from the lion friends. Yeah. Um, and then to have the gall to call this color moonlight over the ocean just because you have a picture of a sunrise or a sunset here <laughs> that has like, maybe like some brownish yellow the around the sun. image, so there's, there's two images in this Instagram post and they've got this thing called letter shine. I don't know what that means. Like yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I have that at a note. The, the close-up, like the body of the pen is more orange. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm wondering, like, is it just bad photos? Like, because if this was orange and yellow, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, uh, I maybe get it a bit more. Like, they're focusing on the actual, again, it's not the moon. I think it's the sun in this image. But, like, that, <laughs> that like, yellow and orange color in the sky, right? Oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. A full moon rises over the sea, and the bright yellow moonlight is reflected on the calming evening ocean waves. Yeah, that doesn't tell me anything. You know what I mean? That says nothing. <laughs> Uh, who, about this who, one. whoever said hey check out this beautiful orange and uh yellow and brown moonrise yeah i don't know what's happening here yeah um, this is really weird and this is a massive release too do you know why why because they're making a king of pin out of it right wow. so that's a large re- you, the colors that get the 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 broadest release get the king of pin right so like uh last year's holiday right the the christmas tea the 
um or the, excuse me the you know you know which one i'm talking about boy they yeah. had the orange the figgy pudding and the the tea one um those had king of pens um yeah like this this is probably one that looks better in person but like uh, everything yeah, that sailor's am... saying about this is what's is what's bothering me more I'm than what gonna, the pen looks like, like itself i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna withhold a little bit of judgment on this mm-hmm. because I, I think something's i think something's gone wrong mm-hmm. like in this imagery cuz like i'm mm-hmm. looking on sailor's website and there's like another close up and it's like the body is like really orange not okay. brown like okay. so i don't but like whenever they show the pen in full it's brown looking but the close ups mm-hmm. it's like it's full on orange so like i don't i can't work out what the color of this pen is supposed to actually be right yeah that close up does look very orange very orange um let's talk let's talk meta shine for a minute yeah. mike um, this is the first time I've seen it in this marketing document. So like in the Instagram image, they put it in the marketing document, um, which is a little bit weird. They have all the product codes and everything I'm like, okay, that's a little, little bit much. Um, so I started Googling MetaShine, like when did this come up? And it's been around for a few years. It's basically the pin barrel with the little bit of sparkle in there. It's very subtle, but you and I probably both have sailors that have meta shine in it. That just wasn't a, a term that we knew, oh, okay. but it's kind of got that little shiny sparkle in it. You know how you can see almost like tiny glitter specks in there, but it's yeah. really, really subtle and you kind of have to get it in the right light to see. That's what the meta shine is. Okay. I was like, is this new? And then if you go look at some of the product marketing from, no more than a year or two old, they started using that term for that right. shiny barrel um, aspect. So that's what that is. But that was a new term to me because um, they they make it like pretty prominent in 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 this one. And <laughs> I can't call this pen "Moonlight Over the Ocean." That just that just hurts my brain. Also, like, like that does I've not run work. The, so the name, the actual name of the product is Umi to Gecko. Mm-hmm. Google Translate translates as sea and gecko i don't know what that i don't think that's right like Mm. a gecko like a lizard yeah that doesn't seem Mm. right i don't know what's Mm. going on this is this is really confusing i I don't understand (laughs) so yeah i've been having fun sailor right up until now and now you're you're back on my list so there we go (laughs) um one thing i did uh before the atlanta pen show last week before i went on vacation is i got to spend some time with uh yost and annabelle from apple boom over there in the netherlands so we did kind of a two-part recording we did um the first kind of conversation we did apple boom bites which is a youtube podcast that yost does and he brings in a different host for several episodes so right now this series of uh, episodes uh, the host is annabelle along with yost um they've done it before where um you know different people in the community stephen brown and uh, david parker and some other people would host for several episodes and then they would bring on a guest so annabelle asked me to join them for episode number 23 of apple boom bites and we just had a really good time talking pens like it's real chill it's real fun um if y'all haven't seen that go check that out i ramble on about pens as i want to do and it was just fun. So it was really, really neat. Uh, really neat to do. And then after we finish that recording, Yost does a little smaller series that's called the Pen Fan Series where he asked me three questions okay. uh, about fountain pens. So there's a second video 
like the first video is like 40, 50 minutes. The second video is like eight minute minutes. Um, the pen fan series where, um, he asked me three questions about pens. Like how did I get into fountain pens? Does my partner know that <laughs> how much I spend on fountain pens and, um, what would I tell other people uh, about fountain pens, things like that. So it was fun. It's um, really enjoyable to talk with Yoast and Annabelle. And, you know, we all know each other reasonably well. We can have fun with each other and, you know, make some jokes, not take ourselves too seriously, which is the way I like to do these things. So it was great. Y'all definitely go check those out. Awesome. Did I just have them on YouTube? Yes. As far as you know? Okay. As far as I know. Um... I kept I kept meaning to go look and see if there was another one, but I uh, like a like a direct like RSS feed for audio only. But uh, I didn't double check, so I, I think it's only YouTube as far as okay. I know. That's no criticism from me. I watch a bunch of podcasts on YouTube. Now. Absolutely, I was just it, it is it is weird that people. I will say this is you know irregardless of uh, this um, experience, but people that say I have pod have a podcast, check it out on YouTube. Those things like conflict in my head. What is weird <laughs> to me is when. It is like that is the only way, right? Right. right. Like y- you can have a podcast and have it on YouTube, but then for it not to be available in like apps called podcasts is weird, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, but that's a take popular out thing. This, like the high-minded, like an our podcast is only if it's an RSS. Like I'm not talking about that. Like I'm a bit tired of that. But like, right. If you make something and you call it a podcast, if you can't get it in like Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Spotify Podcast. Like, like that's strange, yeah, yeah. right? It's like saying I make YouTube videos and I put them right. on Vimeo. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. So I just looked, I just like did a search on Overcast and it doesn't come up. So okay. so that means it probably doesn't have a feed out there unless it's like just Apple directly Boom? onto Spotify. Get it yeah. in there. Yeah, but it, it should be easy. Work. It's more, uh, it's not easy. It's more work because they they obviously don't make an audio version of the show. Like, dude, these all you do is talk into a microphone. How hard can it be? That's a good point. I mean, these aren't complicated things to do, but it I'm is adding to their you. production, and maybe they just want to do it on YouTube because it brings more people to the YouTube channel, which is like a very I, valid thing to do. And they have done different YouTube series for years, so that is their space is YouTube. Like we, our space is podcast, right? Yep. Like audio. Their yep. space has always been video on yep. YouTube. Yoast, like I was, I did um, like my top three pins with them like years ago, right? They've always had YouTube, a YouTube yep. presence. So yeah, that's their key. This is like a thing for me. Like I kind of wished that everybody just said shows. Like I tend to call my podcast shows, and like because that mm-hmm. just makes more sense to me. Their shows, and I, I think it would be better if people that make youtube podcasts also just we just we'll just call them shows and then mm-hmm. however you get them it's just like that's the way you get them it's like right. I make a show and i've got a podcast version and a youtube version and it's like this is just a show that i make or like mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. and that just feels cleaner to me where like now podcasts also exist on youtube and sometimes only on youtube and like it's just like a weird thing that's happened and i don't really know why because <laughs> right, podcast right. is a bad word anyway so I don't know yes. why it's now being used in places where it's yeah, it's funny. Very funny. None Good of this stuff. is slight on Apple Boom. Like Absolutely not. Not at all. This is just we're no, just no, no. having it's a just high-minded like a, conversation now. Yeah, that's what we do. We're us high-minded folk over here. Oh, we're old school, man. Like, we are. We are. There aren't many podcasts that have been going for 13 years. Mhm. Which oh like my god, I, Brad, what is that? Next week? No, it's like no? 11 years or we're like 11 years. No, it was in oh, February. You know what's next February. week that I realize mm. that I've always forget until it happens? Uh, April 10th is my 
podcasting anniversary, I think. Gotcha, so, gotcha. I think I'll be having, this will be my 13th, I'm in my 13th year of producing podcasts. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is so. a truly horrible thought that like <laughs> teenage, I mean teenage years of doing this now. Oof, yeah, yeah. So we've crossed 11 for the pen addict. 11. That was in okay. February. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I started in, I think it was April 10th, 2010, I think. Gotcha. Was my- wow. That's crazy. My first episode of a show. Just- is this the show? Like, is is this the show? I don't know. Again, yeah. I feel like if you've been making a show for this long, there's just mm-hmm. like inherent reminiscing. As yeah, part and I'm of on, it. I'm on, I'm a, I have vacation brain anyway, so this yeah. is a nice conversation. Like, I'm 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 down with this. But you know what we should do? What? Let's talk about Panchale. Let's do it. Because talking about like the length of the show, how long we've been running. I don't even know how many years Penchalet have been a sponsor for now, but they a take lot. every other episode always, and like we're mm-hmm. super grateful to Ron and everybody over at Penchalet for their support of this show, but also for their support of you, the 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 acquirer of Pen products, <laughs> because they have all of your favorite brands. They have fast and reliable customer service, and they are doing special deals on their products all the time as well as adding new products you can find new fountain pens new mechanical pencils new rollables new carrying cases new inks new pen holders refills you've always got to go back to pen chalet and check it out and there's also two great reasons that you as a pen addict listener should go to penchalet.com you'll get free shipping on all orders of over 75 dollars in the u.s they have great shipping rates internationally and they have a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee oh wait what about a third thing as a pen addict listener, you can go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website and use the password penaddict to get a code that you need to save 10% on anything, on any time at Penchalet and to find a selection of deals just for listening to this show. What have we got, Brad? Ron set up some new, um, some things we don't normally see in here and some, a little bit of an outlier on a couple of these things that are worth pointing out. First up is the Y studio, my resolute wooden notepad stand and ballpoint pen. So it's this little, that's wild. (laughs) So yeah, you know, I love Y studio. They're one Uh of my favorite brands, one of my favorite makers. And I I've seen this in person. I, 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 I've never acquired one, but it's like half off of what it normally is, but it's got this great, it looks like probably a little walnut stand um to write your notes on it comes with these like preset cards and it's kind of like a little personal little personal desk setup but it, it's tiny it's like pretty small probably like a5 size-ish i'm guessing i can't totally tell but it's got some it's got some great net great notes great ideas uh behind it and it's kind of got some prompts you know you can use to write with and it's just kind of a cool thing secondly i don't think i've ever seen a glass dip nib pen on the sale page before, but it looks like Pen Chalet has their own glass dip nib pen, or at least a collaboration. It's called the Pen Chalet El Dorado glass dip pen. And if you've ever wanted to test out a glass dip nib pen, this price um, makes it into the no-brainer purchase. It's almost like the add-on purchase you need to get into your free shipping level. It's that inexpensive. And it also it's looks like a magic wand, if that's your thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it does. If you want to cast does. some spells, you could also use this. Looks like there's 10 different colors to choose from. And it's just kind of something fun that I use to test inks, to kind of splash ink around on the page, just kind of get an idea of certain inks. And for the price that it's at, it's kind of like, yeah, let's just add this on. 
and then kind of the third, since I'm I'm keeping it uh, keeping it weird on the the non-pin items here, the D Charles four x four pin cube. Um, it's a pretty cool desk desktop holder. It's also at a great price. And you know, Mike and I have talked about different types of you know cubes or cups to hold products on your desks. And um, this is a great a great uh, design and a really neat addition to. Uh, to holding your pens on your desk. It's a really cool thing. So, and that I haven't even hit the end of this page yet, Mike, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's on. crazy. So, um, Ron has, has done another great job and I like the, the mixture of products that, uh, he set up for our pen Attic listeners this week. It's really cool. So that's penchalet.com P E N C H A L E T.com. Click the link at the top of the website and it says podcasts. This is YouTube radio podcast and hit the, uh, you hit that link and you put, pen addict in as your special code to get all of these deals that's penchalet.com and the password pen addict our thanks to penchalet for the support of this show and relay fm all right before i get into my atlanta pen show recap i got to do a shout out of the week and it is at from carola on instagram so many of you may, may not be familiar with this account and i just met Corolla, well, met, virtually met Corolla from hanging out in Twitch streams, right? So they are uh, in uh, my Twitch streams pretty frequently, and we always talk about pens and inks. And as it turns out, Mike, they have a stunning Instagram account. So this is very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. So speaking of dip nib pins, if you want to know what you can do with dip nib pins, go follow this account, go follow uh, from Corolla on Instagram, look through their artwork, um, there's plenty of uh, dip nib uh, flower designs, just beautiful watercolors, beautiful fountain pen inks, beautiful journaling setups. Like I can't stop looking through this. So really glad to have met Corolla through the Twitch streams and love follow the, following them on the Instagram now. So uh, love it. That is that is the shout out. I like that we can now shout out like other things besides blogs. We can shout out Instagram accounts, and I'm super glad to do it. So appreciate you. There doing you go. The work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all go, y'all go check out this account because it is uh, just complete knockout. So there you go, <sighs> Mike. Atlanta Pen Show. So it jealous. Is <laughs> well, okay. Well, let me make you more jealous right from the jump. I know what you're going to tell me. So many people wanted you there. Oh, no, that wasn't what I was going to hear. That makes me sad. <laughs> I'm sad. About, I'm actually sad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured you might be. So many people. Where's Mike? When's Mike coming back? Can we get Mike back here again? So I want you to know that. And I say that in all sincerity and yeah. because they were saying it in all sincerity. So we got to make it. We will make the Atlanta Pen Show happen for us, us two again yeah. uh, sometime soon. So, I hope uh, I hope next year. I can't I cannot commit to it right now. Sure. But sure, I, sure. I really hope like it, it is my plan that we'll be able to make a return to Atlanta in 2024. Yeah, and we've actually kind of started talking about this yep. uh, on the back channel, so yep. we're that is at the the forefront of our our yeah. kind of next in uh, person. Like, in all honesty, I forgot this. Year. Like it, it was just like it was too late, and it was like, oh, I did not plan this into my year at all. And, <laughs> and it was just, it was just like it was. It just it's been. I've gotten used to not thinking about it. Where. Yeah. For years, it was just always in my mind, right? It's like, oh, it's coming mm-hmm. up, but it's coming yep. up, and it's like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I was trying to think how many times have we done it. I have to go back and look at the podcast. It's at least three. I'm trying to decide if it I was think four. It, because we did one without an audience. We've probably I think yep. we did it four times. Okay, 
yeah, it's great. So um, everything's the same there at the show. The room's ready. You know, that Jimmy's ready for us. Uh, what, what did you think I was going to say? Uh, that you saw the uh, James Bond pen. <laughs> I saw... Three James Bond pens. Three James Bond pens. So we had Kenro there, the distributor of Montegrappa. They had a James Bond pen. And if I... Okay, so just generally speaking, and, and you're not as dialed into these these shows as, as I am, would you be able to tell me the other two vendors who had the James Bond pen without knowing who was at the show? It, could you guess? Yeah. Drum ghouls. That's one. Ding, ding. And... Did Jimmy have it? Jimmy, you yeah. got it. Yeah. That's exactly right. So yeah, <laughs> so they all they all had the James Bond. They pen. just feel fit into me. Like you, ha- I feel yeah. like to have the James Bond pen, you need like a four deep table. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So they all do. They all do. So it was great. Um, but yeah, I got to see the James Bond pen again. I got to see. I got to watch Jimmy explain it. Uh, explain it to someone how it was working and how you filled the ink and all this stuff. It was pretty, it was kind of priceless. So, um, all right, general recap of the show. It's obviously great. I, I really enjoy this show. Um, I did my quick photo recap for members this past weekend before I went on vacation. And I just love looking through those pictures and like I, and I'm, I'm straight up when I, when I talk about the Atlanta pen show about how much I love it, but I also understand it's, it's neither the biggest nor the best pen show, right? Like I understand its place in the market, but that doesn't mean like I just have an outsized love for it because I've been going there for probably over a decade, right? You know, minus a couple of COVID years. I think my first Atlanta pen show was 2012. Like this is my show. So I am obviously a little bit biased towards it, but it's just a very comfortable show. That's the word I always come back to Atlanta. It's easy. It's not overwhelming. It's got everything there you need to see. It doesn't have too much or too big of a crowds, right? Like it got packed for like maybe like an hour on Friday and then like for a few hours in the middle of the day on Saturday, like the aisles were jammed, but like you can really get around, you can make your way around the show and it's, it's very comfortable uh, show to go to. I think most of the vendors did well, you know, some, you know, it's, it's always hit or miss, right? Some, some will say it's slow. Some will say it's been great and you just never know. But uh, the best thing I could say is like the crowd looked pretty good, like a little slow on Friday, um, what you're going to get. And then I was just there on Saturday. I wasn't there on Sunday. Traditionally, I will say, Atlanta Sunday is one of the slowest Sundays I've ever seen. And that's from working the show for several years. Um, Atlanta Sundays are generally slow. I haven't heard if that was any different this year or not. So I got there Friday afternoon, um, just hung out, made the rounds, saw my friends, you know, just saw who was there at the show working, who was there at the show attending, just kind of, you know, just taking it all in. That's kind of what I do now on Fridays and just, you know, talking with Jonathan Brooks and Lisa Van Ness and, you know, Carrie Yeager and just all the people I always talk to at every show, even though I'd only seen most of them like three weeks ago in Baltimore, I still want to see them again because like, these are my friends. I like hanging out with them. So as I'm browsing around the show, just checking it out, I run across, uh, Bert Ozer, who's always at the show. And instead of his usual like wall of refills, that he brings for like standard pens and inks and things like that. He had a bunch of like binders on the table, uh, binders full of pens, Mike Hmm. on the table. 
And one of them, I was like, oh, look, this looks like a bunch of vanishing points. And I got a closer look. And I was like, oh, my God, these are all decimos. And we have been talking about, I've been on it for about probably a year, saying how I wanted a pilot decimo. But I was going to hold out until I found my perfect pilot decimo, right? Something unique, something, you know, not standard in the North American market because North American market gets uh, short shrift in the decimo colors and style. And Japan has store releases and unique releases. And he had basically a collection of decimos where I literally had my choice of every decimo released in Japan in the last three, four, five years. Like there was, you know, regular price decimos. There were some expensive and rare decimos. And so I found one. I finally bought my decimo. So that was usually Friday afternoon. I'm not... um, breaking out the credit card right when I get there. But this was finally one of those long-term. Yeah, this is a long-term list thing. And like they're unique enough that if there's a single one that you want, that's the only one available. There might be 50 of them there, but there's only one of them, one of each of those, right? So I I stared at it and, and looked at them all for probably 30 minutes trying to make a decision. But I bought kind of like a magenta purple one. They did, I don't know if you remember this, but probably three years ago, I didn't quite look at the the release dates on these. In Japan, they did a brushed metallic series where they did 20 different colors of decimos. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about it on the podcast because I was yelling that we didn't get them in the U.S. Yeah. So like once a quarter, they would release five colors and they did that for an entire year, making a total of 20 colors mm. in this decimo and they're like a brushed metal barrel i don't know that that set has like a specific name that you could google but it's like a brushed metal finish they're all bright colors there was 20 of them released in japan and the one i have is kind of a purpley magenta one and it's it's really great but they had literally every color there that i could choose from and that's the one i ended up with it was a good price and i was so happy like i just carried that the rest of the show i was like yeah i got my pen So that was kind of my one main purchase right out the gate on Friday, which rarely happens. But this is what we talk about when you go to pin shows. If you're not, if you're someone who goes to a lot of pin shows, you kind of have this mental list or this long-term list to where you may not find something for quite some time, but you're at least aware of it and you're kind of looking around. That way you know when you actually do find something, like it's cool to just go ahead and jump on something like that, right? Like that's not going to be there. Maybe, you know, if, you know, I wait another day. So like, that's when it's okay to just go ahead and buy something right out the jump when you don't think it's going to be there. And it's something you've really wanted like myself for like a year. So that was cool. Um, and then after that, I of course shared that I had found that. And, um, I, I watched uh, several other uh, purchases happen (laughs) on that. Yeah. Yeah. So you keep that to yourself on the front end till you uh-huh. get your, your business handled and then, and then you let, you let it loose after that. Yeah, so. Take care of yourself first. <laughs> when it comes to pen shows, you go look off the number one. <laughs> yep. So that was kind of my Friday. It was, yep. I, I bought that pen and they all had medium nib units, which is kind of wide for what I would want in a decimo, right? Um, it's, you know, kind of a, f- the way I write with it, you know, it tends to be a little bit finer. So I went over, took it to Matthew Chen. Uh, from Matthew's Nibworks, took it over to him, got a Kodachi grind on it, which is the new name for the mini Naganata Togi grind. So I have a neat little grind on this pen. I've been using it ever since. Oh, and then I went and right after that, 
since I didn't bring any ink with me, and these also fit cartridges, obviously. Um, Pilot now has the Orochizuku cartridges, so I went over and bought a pack of the Shinkai Orochizuku cartridges, the number one Pilot Orochizuku ink color that there is. So yeah, I got the full setup on my Decimo. That's how excited I was about it. So I got the pen that I wanted, went and got a nib grind, and went and bought some overpriced ink cartridges just so I could carry this around with me the rest of the time. And it's sitting right here with me on vacation. So uh, it's a great pen. I'm very, very happy about that. So um, that was mostly my Friday afternoon at the show. I got there a little bit afternoon, one o'clock. The show closed at five. I just hung out with everybody, uh, you know, chit chatting. And then Friday night at Atlanta is always the weekend pass holder and vendor cookout for the show that Jimmy puts on. Like if you buy a weekend pass or you're a vendor, he does a cookout outside in the pool area, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, all the sides and things like that. Um, we had beautiful weather. There was a lot of people there uh, for that cookout. It was literally packed um, for that, which is always great to see. I love, um, I love people, you know, um, helping support the show and helping support Jimmy doing all that. So that was really cool. Cool to see. And then Friday night, we hung out at the bar. Um, the bar continues to get poor grades. Like you hope one year it's going to be a little bit better, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just not, <laughs> it's just not like, it's not a ton of seating area. Like I thought the service was, was very poor. The bartender was nice, but was very, aloof like not really attentive to like people trying to order and stuff is just like really slow and pokey it's like whatever I think the like it is what it is yeah, yeah like it's it's basically like an add-on type of bar yeah, it's yeah. like eh, this really isn't a, a bar that's a thing where like at baltimore like the bar is like a central point for the hotel and it's like a big deal and we're gonna do things around that this is like an afterthought type of situation so it's fine. It is what it is. And uh, we, I mean, we were, we didn't have any issues. It's just very lame in the grand scope of uh, Pen Show Hotel uh, bars and hangout areas, right? It's, yeah. it's towards the bottom, which it's unfortunate. But that's okay, Mike, because I woke up the next morning and walked over to the Waffle House. And that's all you really need. That, that, uh, that corrects any, uh, any failed bar experiments from the the previous night it was pouring down rain saturday morning we had a storm blow through only for a couple hours and it was a beautiful day so brave the rain went over to the waffle house uh ate breakfast with lisa van s and had a great time doing that and then i went shopping went back to the show saturday for me is now shopping day right so I go out there and i started looking at what i have been doing recently is I can get most any new release mainline pen that I want from any retailer at any time during the year, right? Mm -hmm. So what I use these shows for is to check out the smaller makers, local makers, smaller makers, people that aren't necessarily making pens, you know, just other things. So I spent some time with uh, Brad at Mythic Pens, and hung out with him and talked about his pens. He had a new pen style that I purchased to review. It's a smaller, uh, it's a smaller format pen. That's a new shape for him to make. Um, I don't have the exact specifics here in the notes, but I'm going to be, I bought that to review on the blog. Like I actually bought two pens from Brad. Like I'm going to review that one and probably 
eventually give it away. And then I bought another pin for giveaway. Um, that's what I like to do with the maker pins. I, is I tend to buy them for review and sharing, right? So I will talk about it during a review and then I'll usually give it away or give it away to Panatic members, different things like that. So um, I did the same thing with uh, Brian at Iron Feather Creative who makes some just stunningly beautiful pens. He's very well known for his engraving work and his kind of gosh, uh, pardon me for like the wrong terms. And I, I don't want to say like jewel crafting work. It's it's that too, but he does a lot of casting. I think that's the word I'm looking for. He casts his own roll stops, right? So the roll stops that you see on pens, these are like artwork. Like I bought one with a in his own material that he poured, which he just started doing. And with this dragonfly, hmm. uh, silver, he like basically met, melts down like silver dollars and recasts into these shapes. And this is like a dragonfly on there. I, don't, I haven't shared any pictures of, of, of these pins yet. So I'll have to put some up here in the next week on there. So like, that's a product like I bought, but it's probably, I, I want to review the pin and then we'll see what I do with it. And, you know, is it something I keep? Is it something I give away to members? Right. That's what I like to do with all the maker pins I got. I want to, sh- uh, spread the love and, you know, talk about them and like, you know, kind of tax on to like Caroline doing the meet your maker posts every month. You know, some of these like Brad Owens from mythic pins was just last month's, uh, interview interviewee. So like I picked up a couple pins from Brad and I'm going to review them, things like that. So that, Hmm. Are those the only pins I bought? I think that's the only pins I bought. So I bought the Decimo for me, and then I got three Makers pens, two from Mythic pens, one from Iron Feather Creative. And then everything else, I think, was ink and paper, which I said I was going to buy um, after the Baltimore show because mm-hmm. I didn't since I was flying on that show. And it's it's harder to fly back with ink and paper. It just gets really heavy. Me being able to drive to Atlanta, I bought at least six bottles of ink probably. Um, mostly for review type stuff. And I bought several types of paper. I really like the Midori paper that I was seeing. Van S pens had a bunch of new release Midori paper with some unique designs. I don't know the whole series of them, but there was like 10 different notebooks with all these kind of deboss patterns on the cover. I'll, I'll get some more information later on that. But, you know, I picked up a few of those to test out and give away. Like a lot of this stuff, a lot of my time is spent um, figuring out like what I can do for the blog, what looks, what's interesting, what's, what's popular on the market right now. I bought some of the sailor Yurameku inks, which are these dark kind of multi-shaded inks for review. I bought some new wearing oil inks, which their inks are, have become very popular just for interesting characteristics and interesting ideas behind them and great, great performance, right? They look great on the page too. So that was, pretty much my show are they doing any new colors the wearing gold that like <sighs> are they ever okay. they're so hard to describe so this latest dracula ink that i got from them like it's not really like if i said dracula ink this isn't the color you would see it's almost like a bright pinkish red with like a blue glitter it's like it's like sailor uh the, the sailor moonlight over the ocean i was like well that doesn't seem very dracula ish but it's the color came out so well that was the one that was flying off the shelf um the other one was tasha sabi midori which i bought as well that was the popular ink at this show that's been out for a little bit mm-hmm. but it's kind of a 
green, teal, blue, red sheen. It doesn't sound like when I say that, you're like, oh yeah, a bunch of companies have that um, type of ink, but this one is the, the current popular one. So those are the types of things I buy at the show. Like what's the hot thing? And I buy it to, to try to like decipher that for myself was like, oh, is this really like as good as everyone's saying? Why is this so popular? You know, what are they doing, uh, you know, to, to make these inks? So, and the third one is were the Sailor Yurameko inks. They're a darker ink and, you know, kind of have a, like a, a darkish black or gray base, but there'll be several different colors. Like one of them has kind of a, a purple tone. One has a blue tone. One has a green tone. And then when you write with them, they like kind of dry in different colors. They're really interesting looks on the page. Okay. So I, that's what I did here is I bought all the hot inks, and those were the those were the ones that the that people were saying, hey, these are the these are the popular ones, and that like that's the kind of stuff that I I like to buy at the show just for future reviews, things like that. So, um, that was kind of it, I think, as far as like the things I purchased. But it was really just like a good good hangout. Um. Got to meet some new people, some new vendors, got to see some, you know, some some regulars that I haven't seen in a while hanging out the show. Um, I got dropped off a new Rickshaw Sinclair case in a new mm-hmm. new um new pattern that has mm-hmm. just dropped out there on on the interwebs and That's it was available one. at the show. Yeah, it was available there. It it just launched at the show. Um so yeah, that was cool, and uh, really just hanging out with people, seeing what people are up to, you know, getting to talk, you know, sit and talk with you know, like my friends at Heinz Pens, like they have so much going on, and getting to talk with Jonathan Brooks, who has so much going on, and getting to hang out with Mark Bacchus, the nib grinder, and he's got so much going on, like all the stuff they got going in the background that you know I'm not really you know at liberty to share. It's just like there's a lot going on in this industry right now. And it's pretty cool, pretty cool to be a part of and, and witness all this stuff and go into a pin show. You get to see some of that stuff firsthand. So yeah. it was really good. It was a really valuable show for me uh, to go to just to learn so much, see so much, get to talk to so many people, even though it was only like three weeks away from Baltimore. Like if I did this every three weeks, I would get tired of it, but Atlanta and Baltimore, I get to talk to different people and, you know, there was not that much overlap. You know, there's obviously some, but like I kind of did different things at each show and kind of had different focuses. And that's why like, it's okay to me for me to go to Chicago in four weeks too. Right. Like I'm going to do that. And that'll be a little bit different. You know, I'm not going to go to every show. I'll probably take a big break until the summer, late summer before my next show, like three in a row is uh, at, at that point, I'm like, okay, like I'm covered. I've kind of seen everything I need. I've bought everything I need to buy. Um, things like that. That's just kind of my idea right now on shows. And then I'll wait till the summer, probably go to DC and go to like a really, really big pin show and see what kind of trouble I can get into there. But, uh, really happy with the Atlanta pin show. Um, it's always a great event every year. And, uh, yeah, we got to get you back there soon. They were, the the people want some Mike Hurley there in Good. in the ATL. Uh, I want to come back, so I hope that we'll do it again. Be like coming yep. home, so I'll appreciate. Yep. Because you got me jealous. Like I want to go to a pen show so bad. <sighs> I mean, from the time I walked in the door, the questions about you started. Like I mean, people knew you weren't coming, but they were still like asking. I was like, yeah, is, I 
are you doing a thing with Mike at this one? I was like, no, not doing a thing with Mike at this one. You know, uh, where's Mike? How's Mike been? You know, like you're really kind of like part of that show's lore and people, you know, we get some of the same people coming to that show, even that people traveling from, you know, around the country, even, you know, Canada. And, you know, in the past we've had people coming from Europe. Yeah. Um, I had someone, you know, fly in, um, who is like stationed, not stationed, but is working in Boston but it's, you know, from Europe and they say, well, I'm never going to be closer to going to the Atlanta pen show and seeing Brad than now. So I'm going to book a flight, come down for the weekend and hang out at the show. Like that's Very what this kind of show, this yeah. was showed. Uh, this show is really good about that. It's, it's, it's a good space to just hang out with people, yeah. right? Because it's not too overwhelming. It's just the right size. Well, hopefully next time. Yep. If you want to catch up with us in the meantime until next week's episode, go if you want to find Brad's work, go to penaddict.com. He usually streams three times a week, but it's on vacation right now. But make sure you go and follow twitch.tv slash penaddict. Brad is penaddict on uh, Instagram, and he is at penaddict on mastodon.social. I am at imike on mike.social. You can find my products over at cortexbrand.com. You can go to relay.fm and look for some shows that we got. I'm on many podcasts. If you want to mm. find the show notes for this one, relay.fm slash penaddict slash 558. Thank you to Pen Chalet for the support of this episode. And of course, Brad, thank you for your reports on the road. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>